I've seen those, those verses that say, have we started? Okay, we won't go for that. Um, some of you know that I like going to Cornwall. We lived in Plymouth for three years and never walked across the bridge into Cornwall. Not until we saw the Brown Sea up here did we start going for holidays down there. But we, we've been going for a lot, a long time now, going down to Cornwall. One day we were walking along this bit called the island and it looks out over the surfing beach. There's this guy in the middle of there. There was no surf that morning. Absolutely none at all. Like a mill pond. So there's nobody in the sea except this one guy sat on his surfboard. Sat astride his surfboard. And there's some people coming towards us and they were mocking and laughing. You know what? And we saw the funny side. We thought, poor guy, you know, he's, he's, he's got... And before I came back round the other side of the island, my heart was just full. And I said, I want to be like him. Because when that freak wave comes, when the big one comes in, or when the dolphins go leaping across the bay, he's the one who will see it. And everybody else will be there having a late breakfast or a lion and all the rest of it. But I want that heart. I want that heart that is poised. And when God says go, mm -hmm. I want to be like the tabernacle carrying Levites and say, right, okay, we're going. Something that stuck with me for a long, long time. Uh, many years ago now, I, I preached a series in Caris Church. They just had their last service on Sunday. So we pray for them, pray for the pastor and, and the church. They had their last, they decided to disband. I preached a series on praise and worship. Nine or ten, uh, preached nine or ten sermons on praise, all the different elements, really exciting. And it came to worship, led worship for years, never taught on it, and suddenly I thought, oh no, panic. Two weeks, everybody's getting excited, can't wait for you to start the second you know, level of, into the worship. Didn't get anything. The middle Sunday, didn't have a thing. And that week, Monday, Tuesday, all went by, didn't have a thing. And um, I think it was on the Thursday, I was looking at some old lecture notes. I'd done a lecture on an EFL course, uh, Equip for Life course, on praise. And right at the end of it, I'd done this PS. And it said, and of course, once we've moved from high praise, we get into that whole lifestyle of, of waiting and overflowing and reverence. And, and I realised that this little PS that had got about 20 words in it, got seven phrases. And they were the seven letters with a few tweaks. I had to tweak a couple of them. I worship W-O-R. So I just wanted to share the... Um, the first one, which was the W. Because I think, you know, that, that those seven elements kind of, I don't know, encapsulate for me, you know, what my heart for worship is. And the W was the first stage, which was the waiting heart. Which is why I was thrilled um, with what Beth shared last week. It was perfect preparation. Um, let's just read one or two verses from, uh, from the Psalms. Psalm 62. This one says, My soul waits in silence for God. From him alone is my salvation. He's my rock, my salvation. My stronghold, I shall not be shaken. And then further down it says, My soul waits in silence for God. Slightly different. It's a different verse. It says, Wait. This is saying, talking to our soul and saying, Wait, wait, wait for him. Whereas the first verse is talking about my soul waits in silence, that's what I'm like. Psalm 63 says, God, you are my God. I will seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. 
and I saw three stages um, in waiting. The first was about our availability. So somebody once said, some wise person, I don't know who it was, once said, God doesn't want our ability, he wants our availability, which I thought was quite slick and, and it's good. But he wants us to be available, he wants us to wait. And this Psalm 62 verse 1 there, my soul waits in silence for God. That's about that poise, our demeanour. Um, Angie expressed it well on Sunday night. Um, all about waiting, about that sense of... And, uh, and it's about our spiritual poise, and it's about our resolve, just to be here, about our availability, about I'm here, here I am, Lord. Send me if you want to. Speak, Lord, your servant's listening. So for me, the first stage of, of the waiting heart was just that availability. It's a lovely picture in, um, in Exodus 33. And we focus a lot on Moses, obviously, and what, what goes on in Exodus and through the Pentateuch. I love Joshua before he becomes the great leader. I love Joshua before he, before he goes kind of into the promised land and taking over. You know, raising the banner and off he goes. Um, it says when Moses had received all the words, all the things that God had said to him, face glowing so that nobody could look on it, put the veil on, went back to deliver his word to the people. Just that little half a verse that says that Joshua stayed. He stayed in the, in the tent of meeting. I love that. I can't get enough of you, Lord. I'm just going to hang around just in case, just in case he missed something. Just being in his, in his presence. So just, just that sense of waiting. I thought he's got, he's got that, that waiting, waiting heart. The first stage of waiting for me was the availability. The second was about affections. Where is it? In Psalm 63 there that we read, it says uh, in the second half of the first verse, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. And there's something about what are we hungry for? You know, this is the kind of language that he uses. It's hunger. Lord, we're hungry for you. One or two songs have used the word desperate recently. I used it a few years ago in a song that's going to be on my next CD when that gets done. Um, but it's about I'm desperate for you. Not just hungry, but it's you. Nothing can satisfy me except you. St. Augustine said, the manna didn't satisfy the people of God. Not because it hadn't got goodness in it, but because they wanted something else. That they longed for other meat. He said, not the melons and the garlic that they used to get in back in Egypt. But there was ample in the, uh, in the manna. But as we wait, I believe that our more and more and more we're hungry for him. Nothing but you will satisfy. Only you. And we start to put off, it says in Colossians 3, we start to put off anything that we've brought in that's not of him. Any alloy, any compromise, any sin maybe that we've, that we've fallen into. But just anything that that isn't him, we can put it aside as we wait. Colossians 3 talks about putting aside um, you know, malice and immorality and all those kind of things. But things less than those. 
can put aside as we wait. And as we're putting aside other things, that vacuum starts to be filled with good things and we start putting on the good things, putting on the good stuff. So the first stage was about our availability. The second is about our affections. Psalm 42, you know, as the deer pants for the water, so my, so my soul longs after you. It's that longing, seeking, wanting, desiring. So the second is the affections. The third element for me in the waiting heart is the access. When we've waited, when our heart has been renewed in our affections and in our loves and in our desires, we press in then. So as we put off, start to put on things as well. And the third stage for me was about our access or our approach. How we move from, active, uh, from passive waiting to active waiting. There's a waiting that is not doing anything. But for me, there was a lovely picture. I went on a business trip once to a hotel and we were sat waiting for our evening meal <clears throat> and nothing was happening. And um, I went and asked the, asked the manager, you know, been waiting a long time. We, and he said, oh, this is a self-service area. So that's why, that's why you went. So it was embarrassing. I think it said it as well, self-service. But that's me, you know me. Um, so we all piled off to the other bit. And then this lady came. Every single thing that we wanted. And that's waiting. But that's not waiting for, that's waiting on. That's where we're looking to Jesus. We've put off everything. Our affections have been renewed. Our heart is kind of bubbling up with fresh affection. We're coming into a place of worship, Lord. And we're concerned about him. We're like Mary of Bethany. I know dinner needs making, Martha, but I've only got eyes for Jesus. He's here. He's in our midst. I'm going to bring my alabaster vase. I'm going to break it at his feet. I just can't stop looking at him. One thing I've desired of the Lord, that's what I'm going to seek. <clears throat> and Jesus said afterwards, he said, Martha, there's only one thing needful. And she's chosen it. She's sitting at my feet, looking at me, listening to me, gazing on the beauty of the Lord. So that was the third stage, the access or the approach. We move from passive to active waiting. It's about seeking earnestly. It's about our heart kind of getting urgency about it, you know. You know, to the point where Hebrews 4 says, come boldly, confidently, before the throne of grace, and we start pushing on into his presence. And from there we move on to the O, which, if I'm invited back, that'll be for another time. <laughs> Let's just cultivate that heart in us. Um, Practising the presence of God. That poise. That carriage. That demeanour that says, I just want you. I want you. I want you. And let time um, be subject to that heart. Cheers, that's it.